Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. I'm the pastor here. We're just so glad that you are joining us today. Wherever you're watching or listening from, welcome. We're just so glad that you are with us. Again, we're in the season of Advent, which is just a season of waiting in anticipation for the birth of our Savior. Uh, Again, we know that this is an impactful moment in our faith, um, that that God became incarnate, that he became uh, God with us. And so just some resources again, as we walk through this season, we want to make the most of it as a church, uh, again, just to grow and to learn more of who God is. And so weekly on Wednesdays in our email, YouTube, social media, we'll be dropping a devotional from different people in our church. It's just an opportunity to meditate, reflect, and pray on the season of Advent. I always say read Hidden Christmas by Tim Keller. It's a great book that that really draws out so much meaning to the story that we don't often understand. Watch the Bible Project videos on Advent. They're incredible as well. And then on version, just pick an Advent reading plan and, and walk through. Try and learn and gain as much understanding as we can through this season. Today, we're kicking off our Christmas series, and as we do, I want you to help me think of some Christmas songs. Sometimes we sing things in them um, that really doesn't make sense. Like, for example, we say, he sees you when you're sleeping, talking about Santa. And, and, and as I sing that, I'm always like, I don't know about you, but I don't really like people watching me while I sleep. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm okay there. I know you bring gifts, but like, no thanks. Um, and then said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. I'm like, wait, when does, when did sheep start talking? Like I, I, I actually, I had sheep or my sit, they were my sisters, but like, you know, I was there with them and we had sheep when we were little and they never talked to me. And so again, that verse is a little confusing. Um, and then a child shivers in the night. Let us bring him silver and gold. And I'm like, all right, he's shivering in the cold. Does he really need silver and gold? Or does he actually just need like a blanket? And then this is one of my favorites, right? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Now, usually that song is super upbeat and fun. And I'm like, wait, grandma, is she okay? <laughs> like, why, why are we so excited about this? And then most of all, and, and this is where our series comes from, the song Silent Night. Now, I grew up in church. We often sang this song on Christmas Eve, and it was like super peaceful. And, and there, we usually lit candles like this was the song we ended on. And, and everyone had a candle, and it was bright. And it was such like a peaceful, awesome scene. And yet, as we read the Nativity story, nothing was silent about it. Nothing was peaceful. And I think against, the, again, the way I sing the song, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. It's not the case. This story is filled with turmoil. A couple has a baby in a barn. Uh, I, again, it's, barns like aren't the best place to, to be, uh, let alone like have a child. Mary was part of an arranged marriage, and most likely she was between the age of 13 and 17, marrying a man who was in his 30s. 
Now you might hear that and be like, that seems a little off, but at that time it was kind of normal for that to happen because um, men had to save to the point where they could afford their family. And so typically in their 30s is when they would have saved enough money to be able to do that. So that's why Joseph most likely was in his 30s while Mary was 13 to 17. They aren't married yet. They're having a kid. Again, society was very different at that time. Um, some scholars even say that that might be why they weren't allowed to stay at some of the inns news got around. And then, most of all, Jesus is born and he's placed in a manger. And again, we sing about how the away in a manger and it sounds so cute. And, and all your nativity scenes, it's like this awesome little like wooden thing. But like a manger was a feeding trough. And so, like, it could have been the pigs got done eating 20 minutes earlier and then Jesus got put into it. Like, again, this moment was full of turmoil. And this is important because sometimes we look at this story and it seems so perfect. And, and, and we look at our own world. And the world we live in right now, it's not peaceful. We see fear. There's war, mistrust, division. There are all kinds of things going on around us that are disrupting peace. Inflation, cost of living going up. And sometimes there are even good things that happen in our life, and yet we still see that they don't bring the peace that we're looking for. You go on a family vacation, and then you get there, and the disagreements begin. There goes peace. You have a kid, and then no sleep begins. There goes peace. Change doesn't always bring the peace that we think either. So what then are, what are we to do with the conflicts, the stress, the anxiety, the worries in our life, the things that disrupt our peace? Again, because not only is there chaos in the world at large, it's also in our lives. And it's important again to remember that this story is one that actually happened in the midst of that, not in the perfect setting that we often make it. That, that this is a story of God coming to man in the mess. And, and so today, if, if that's you, uh, it, the good news is the story is for you. The story is filled with chaos. The story really isn't that peaceful. And so with that, we're going to read a little bit of it today from Luke 2. And it says this. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Why does God do something like this in such a chaotic moment? Again, Mary and Joseph have to travel a long way while Mary is expecting her child. And for those of you who have been there, you know, like the last month of pregnancy really isn't that fun. And it's, it's not like they just got in their Mercedes and drove like they walked, they rode on a donkey. Like, why is it like that? And we begin to see that God sends his son into a mess, into circumstances that we wouldn't draw up to show that he can relate to us. So that he can be the one that we turn to when life gets hard because he understands us. 
for those of us, again, who feel like maybe our life is not peaceful right now, maybe we, we feel embarrassed of the things that we've done, maybe we're just struggling, maybe we don't even, maybe you, you only watch online because you feel like if I ever walked into church, there's no way that I would be accepted today. This story is for you. It's about the God who comes into the mess to show us how much he loves us and values us. So if that's the case, then how do we find peace on earth? Later in the story, we're going to read a phrase that we often misquote um, or just cut off at a certain point to make it sound good. Um, but, the, but if we look closer at this phrase in Scripture, peace on earth, we'll actually see that the only time that it was used in Scripture was in Luke 12. Uh, and it says this, it says, Do you think I have come to bring, bring peace to the earth? No, I've come to divide people against each other. Uh, again, this is not great news. <laughs> this pretty much says, hey, there's not going to be peace on earth. In fact, I am going to divide people against each other. The gospel, again, is a stumbling block for people. And, and we see that play out in culture oftentimes. Uh, Jesus isn't always the most popular decision. And so even as we talk about Jesus bringing peace to, on earth, we see maybe that's not exactly what he meant here. Peace on earth, if we're honest, really doesn't exist this is the reality that we live in. Something I saw this week that blew my mind was in the past 3,400 years, there have only been 268 years of peace. That's about 8%. So 8% of the last 3,400 years have been peaceful. The rest have been full of war and tensions. Silent night, again, there's little peace on earth. John 16, Jesus again says from his very own mouth this. He says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world again. This world, there will be trial and sorrow and pain and hurt and chaos, but we can have peace because God stepped into it. So today... As we begin to talk about peace, maybe not being something that, that we see fully lived out on earth, here are just a few ways that maybe because of this, we may not be experiencing peace. The first one may be unavoidable circumstances. Maybe today you're watching this and you're in a season that's just difficult. And, and as you look, you, you didn't do anything to get there. You didn't create this. It just happened to you. You took care of your body. You're still sick. You faced a trauma, maybe as a kid or a teen or even as an adult, that you didn't deserve and you're struggling because of it. Someone you care about is no longer here. Finances have disappeared. Your peace is gone. In a moment, peace disappeared. Sometimes unavoidable things happen to us that we have no control over, but they take our peace. The second thing is difficult people. Sometimes there are just people where you look at them and you're like, what did I do to you? Like, why are you making my life so difficult? Like, smile a little, lighten up, or just like, leave me alone, but you are making my life unbearable. Psalm 109 says, they surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. There are people who just rob us of our peace. Then sometimes there are problems with no answers. Sometimes there are just things that we can't understand or we can't explain and, and we try and figure it out but it doesn't seem like there's a solution i just want answers and until i get them i'm not going to feel peace and, and our questions rob us of peace 
sometimes we just need to be able to say God knows things I don't and, and I need to trust him but that's not always the easiest thing to do the last one is our mind just can't turn off I wish I didn't worry like this I can't sleep at night I'm worrying about this today uh, and my worry is crippling and, and if you're there you understand exactly what I'm saying your head goes on your pillow and your mind just can't turn off. You stay busy all the time because you just try to avoid uh, or keep your mind busy so it doesn't wander. You go somewhere fun and sometimes you just can't even have fun. You aren't fun or fun, you aren't able to have fun because you worry. Your peace is gone because your mind is so fixed on worry. So if we experience those things on this earth, peace on earth isn't guaranteed. How do we find peace? Let's continue reading from Luke 2. It says this, The angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Again, sometimes we just end there and we're like, peace on earth. But the, the phrase continues, to those with whom God is pleased. Some will say to those who earn God's goodwill or have God's favor then our question should be, how do I please God? How do I get that? Because if my expectation again is peace on earth, I'm going to find that that just really doesn't happen. Even I find myself sometimes being like, can I just go one day, one day without something that disrupts my peace? And, and honestly, lately the answer has been no, I can't. Every day something happens and, and it just throws my mind and my day off. But today there is a gift and it's peace it's wrapped and it's ready for us in fact we read in john 14 he says this i'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid the world tries to give us peace and it's temporary it will offer you peace maybe for a moment, but it doesn't last. And it often masks what's really going on in our hearts. The beauty of the peace that God brings is it often comes to the deepest parts of who we are and comes from the inside out. So then, how do I get this peace? How do I get the favor of God? Here are just a couple things that we can do this week for that to happen. The first one is receive God's forgiveness. Today watching this, I don't, I don't know where you stand in terms of knowing God, but I want to just say this. Turning from our sins towards God is the greatest gift that he gives to us. If you've ever been involved in hiding your sin or something you've done wrong, you know how much it messes you up on the inside. You know the guilt that it brings and, and the stress that comes with continuing to try to keep it hidden. Jesus wants to relieve that. He wants to bring freedom. And forgiveness, it gives us a clean record. Two ways I often heard forgiveness described, I think really paint a beautiful picture. The first one is a pardon. A pardon is when someone in authority signs their name to give you your freedom. 
Jesus signed his name so that we could live in freedom in his death and his resurrection. And today when we trust in that, there comes forgiveness of sins for us. The other idea I love is the idea of a mulligan. Um, I I like to play golf here and there. I usually play like once a year and I'm really bad. Um, And so mulligans are fantastic. Um, There's usually a cost to them before you like pay like five bucks and you get a mulligan. And what it does is when you hit an awful shot, you play your mulligan and it wipes that shot away and it gives you a fresh start. Again, God today, because of Jesus and the cost that he paid by his blood on the cross, it washes us clean and it gives us a fresh start. When we make a mess out of our life, he signed on the line, he paid the price so that we could have freedom from the guilt and the shame that our sin brings. Because of Jesus, we can have our name written in the book of life for now and forever. But it takes repentance on our part. We need to bring our sin into the open. We need to admit our mistakes. We need to confess them to to each other, to God. And it's in that that we find healing. The second thing that we can do to find peace is to turn to the presence of God. See, we don't just turn away from our sin and hope for the best. Because maybe you've done that before. Maybe you've seen a pattern in your life that you knew um, was causing destruction and harm. And so maybe you turn from it and you try and walk the other way, but when you don't have anything to turn to, we often end back in the same spots. But if we turn towards God, it changes everything. My daughter right now is one, and so when she is exploring on something, sometimes she falls and she gets hurt or she gets frustrated that she can't do what she's trying to, um, and she will turn from the, the thing that's causing the stress or what hurt her, and she'll turn towards my wife or I, and she'll put her arms up. She turns from the situation that brought her pain, and she turns towards us and reaches out. And it's such a beautiful picture of what we should do. I'm here, this causes pain, this causes hurt, and I turn from it towards God. And I say, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need you to come and to change who I am. And we can learn that in the middle of the chaos of our mistakes, we turn back to a loving God who is always there. And it often looks like just reading a verse that speaks life to us, putting on a song that we enjoy to sing and to worship God. And it helps begin to refocus our thoughts and turn our minds towards him. We get into silence, we pray, and it changes our world. Again, I'm not just trying to get away from the things I do that I don't like, but I'm trying to gain more of who God is, that he would change me. In Isaiah 26, we read this. It says, he will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. Would our minds turn towards God? You can't wait until until next Sunday to meet God again. You need him now. Run to him. Turn to him. Create patterns in your life where you are consistently turning your heart towards God. Again, faith isn't just about behavior modification and turning from bad things, but it's about turning towards God and giving him everything that we are. The third thing is that we need to live in the lines that God has made for us. Some of us, we don't live in a way that honors what God has asked us to do. And today, that might be why you don't have peace. And let me just say, 
yes, you'll go to heaven. Your salvation isn't at stake. Again, if we continue to repent and to turn towards God, he forgives us of our sins. And so salvation may not be at stake, but your peace is. Jesus promised life to the full, and you may not have that because we are continually living in a way that doesn't honor God. Psalm 119 says, Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Again, what is your peace like? When we play this game of sin management, again, we often live a life God never intended us to live. It isn't about what we can get away with and still have peace. It's about loving him so much that we submit all of our desires to him and we live it out. You will, we will find peace in obedience. And the last thing that we need to do is we need to trust that God will provide. For whatever you need today, go to God. And, and again, our first response is often to try and do it on our own, to, to keep control. And, and we, maybe we see a bill coming up that we don't know how we're going to pay. And our response is to try and make it work on ourselves. Trust that God will provide. Don't worry, pray. Don't worry, go to God. Thank him in advance for what he's going to do, but go to God. For me, my peace is often most um, disrupted because I don't trust that God will provide. I see things getting a little tight financially, and I add a couple more jobs, and I work really hard. And, and I'm not saying that's bad. Sometimes it's needed. But the, but the problem is I go to that before I turn to God, and I trust, and I ask him to work and to move. Philippians 4 says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Would we tell God what we need? And would we thank him when he shows up and moves? Would we remember to, to respond in gratitude and, and to also remember the moments of his faithfulness and his goodness that when we face the next moment of uncertainty, again, we can trust that God will provide for us because it's in this tension and where we turn to trust that God gives us peace and it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. Again, this world is full of chaos, but as we live for God, and we continue to turn towards him and to trust in what he has done, we see that we have peace. The world around us will continue to be chaotic, but we realize that we have God who is with us. Today, as we close, I just want to invite you to make some decisions. Maybe today you've never decided to follow Jesus. And even before, as we were talking about turning to God, and maybe you can relate to that today. Maybe you're watching this and you just want to be forgiven. You want freedom from the guilt and from the shame that you are carrying today. As we turn from our sin and we turn towards God, we find true freedom. And it's possible because of this baby that we celebrate being born, living a perfect life, dying on a cross and coming back at three days later. And it's in his death and in his resurrection that today we have forgiveness. We can live in freedom. I'm tired of living in guilt. I'm tired of having to hide who I am. I can open up my heart to the God who sees me and truly understands me and forgives me. He gives me new life. 
but it requires, again, repentance and surrender on our part to him. And so today, wherever you're at, you can invite Jesus in and and pray, God, I, I trust in what you did on the cross. Would you forgive me? Would you make me clean? Would you give me a fresh start? And the most incredible thing is that he does. And if you made that decision today, there's a link on every platform. We would just love if you would click that. Let us know you made it so that we can continue to help you grow. Two main ways in our church. One is baptism. Uh, it's a way just to, to celebrate with you the, the decision that you made. And the second is our discipleship pipeline um, where we teach you how to be a follower of Jesus. For those of us who do follow Jesus, I just want to encourage you right now. The world around us is crazy. Would we just pause in the midst of the holiday season with all of the shopping and decorating and cookies to make and all of the things that you do to get ready and to give our worries, our concerns, everything that we are to God? And we're going to do this right now. One of my favorite exercises to do is this. Um, right now, wherever you're watching, put your hands face down on your knees. And would you give everything in your mind and on your heart to God? And so just take a few moments to do that. Um, And so, again, hands on your knees. Picture God is across from you and give him all of your worries and all of your concerns. And then when we're done with that, we turn our hands over and we just take a moment in silence And we receive whatever God wants to give us. Today, our prayer is that it would be peace as we cast all of our worries and our concerns and our fears to him. He would give us peace. And so just take a few moments in silence and stillness to receive the peace of God today. Today, would we be people marked by peace? Where despite the the chaos going on around us, we would have the peace of God at work in our hearts and in our minds. And, And in doing so, would we bring that peace with us? Would people see the difference in our hearts and in our minds as we live for God and as we trust him to provide and as we receive his forgiveness and we turn towards him and we submit our lives to him, would he bring peace? It may not be peace on earth, but it is peace for us today. And that is good news this Advent season. We can have peace because of the work that Jesus has done. In this world will be trouble, will be trials and sorrows, but take heart, he has overcome the world. And it's in his death and in his resurrection that today we have peace. Join me as we close in prayer. Jesus, today I thank you for who you are, that you would come to this earth as a baby, that you would live on this earth, God. You would experience the ups and downs of it, the good times, the bad times, the trials and the joys, and you would die on the cross. But the story doesn't end there, God. You came back three days later, and we look forward to the day where you will come once again, and you will restore this, this earth and our lives back to the way that they were meant to be. 
But as we live in the in-between, would you bring peace to our hearts? As we look at the world around us and we see pain and we see hurt, and even in our own lives, Holy Spirit, today would you move in our lives and bring comfort and peace. We know that you are the comforter, and so I pray over everyone watching and listening to this, God. Would you bring that peace to our hearts and would it guard our minds? This Advent season, would we be living in the peace that you bring? And would it flow out of our lives to the people around us? Would this be a church that's marked by peace? In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.